Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome back to another fabulous installment of Matt and Dennis, the Matt and Dennis podcast. My name is Matt Scarano. I'm one of your hosts. I'm joined alongside always by my good friend and co-host, Mr. Dennis. Vincey, Dennis, you, you beat the traffic. The situation looked grim. We had to do a show, and the rest of the week's not looking great, so I'm glad we can make this work. How's it going today? Going well. Max Verstappen and Lewis Hamilton can kiss my sweet patootie. I'm the best driver stateside. It's a little F1 joke. They were in Texas past weekend. Right over your head, as I can see. Moving along. I was trying to, when you sent me the picture of you in traffic, I was trying to zoom in on like highway signs because I've driven through that area a couple times here and there. So I was like trying to like navigate like where exactly you were, what was causing the backup there. But well, that picture came right next to the Pentagon. So I mean, the, the cranes made sense, all the all the construction that's typically going on. It's everywhere, man. They just keep building places for people to live. Well, Dennis, um, unfortunately, it's going to be a quick one. We may have an hour at most. Um, it's a, it's a, it's going to be a good one for good reasons, bad reasons. This is like this might be one of the more legendary episodes because I think it, I think it'll be good, good. Yeah, because we are are going to be diving in to two completely opposite sides of the sports spectrum in our in our minds and our hearts here. Um, let's talk about the negative first, then we will get to the positive. Um, let's talk obviously about the New York Yankees. Our last episode, we were gung-ho on the Giants, five and one coming into a week. We were gung-ho about the Yankees. They defeated the Guardians. They were going back to the ALCS against a team that has had our number. Dennis, what an opportunity for the Yankees, considering the year they've had. You and I have both agreed for the most part that this has been a, a solid year for the Yankees. There have been some incredible historical individual performances on this team. So there was reason from, from opening day to now, reason for optimism that this time around the postseason would be different. We were excited. Ellis was more confident than we were. We had him on. You and I, not so much. Ellis said Yankees beat Houston in seven. You and I both agreed Yankees would lose. Not only did we agree Yankees would lose, but you and I both agreed Yankees would lose in six games. All three of us were wrong. <laughs> Ellis more so than us, which I anticipated because Ellis puts his Yankee blinders on from time to time. But Dennis, forget Ellis for a second. You and I were right, but at the same time, we were dead wrong. I'll give the floor to you in a second. I want to go, we'll go back and forth on this. Yankees had an amazing opportunity put in front of them with very solid pitching, proven the whole year, very solid pitching most of the year, very solid hitting for a good majority of the year. The best hitter, you could argue, uh, in, in American League Baseball history on the team. And Dennis, not only did the Yankees lose, they did not show up at all and get swept by the Houston Astros. So much for me to say about this. I could go on. We're limited on time. Dennis, please. Matt, fool me once. Shame on you. Fool me twice. Shame on me. Fool me three times. I'm a putz. The Yankees have made us feel like putzes. You know why? Because even if we don't believe in them fully to be a, let's be honest, vastly superior baseball team we all know that it's looking at it on paper 
look at the product on the field. It's not hard to tell who the better baseball team is. But I'm sorry. I'm going to jump right ahead to game three because, as you said, quick episode, and we got positives to talk about. The We all lose game one. Every Yankee fan's okay with that, except for the incredible memes that came out where it was like, we're losing game one. Yankees lose game one. What the hell? Like, it was still that, like, we wanted to win. The Yankees were kind of in it. Didn't take advantage of opportunities. Game two, same thing. Had opportunities. Couldn't take advantage of it. I thought um, Severino pitched an outstanding game. Outstanding. But right to game three, your ace is on the bump. Friday night, or I'm sorry, Saturday night in the Bronx. Place is absolutely rocking. And to me, the game was over in the first inning. It just did. I I don't, I I can't understand what was wrong with this Yankee baseball team. Other than they're all pieces of crap. Monumental turds. One through nine in that lineup. Garrett Cole did what he had to do, but you know what? They were still hitting him hard. Scored two runs early. I feel like the crowd was trying to be in it. You can't lose that baseball game. You can't lose that baseball game. And to put up a goose egg on the scoreboard shows you everything you need to know about this Yankee baseball team this season. In game three, where you have zero momentum, but for some reason it doesn't feel like the Astros have been beating you up. You can't score, but all you need is one one little flicker of light. And this Yankee offense could just rebound to what we've seen for I would feel the vast majority of the regular season, albeit maybe a month, month and a half. Eric Cole, I I thought, pitched well, and I thought he pitched well in this postseason. There wasn't blow-me-away stuff. He's the best pitcher in the American League, and he'll be the reason the Yankees win the World Series. It wasn't that level stuff, but it was very good, and he did what he had to do. To lose that game, Matt, I didn't tune in for a millisecond on Sunday. You know why? Because you were not taking the joy – that isn't an NFL Sunday away from me. The joy that our beloved football team gave us on that Sunday, I didn't tune in for one second because I didn't care. The series was over. Even if they did win, I wouldn't feel happy. I wouldn't feel, all right, maybe we can do this. Other teams have come back from all three deficits. Yeah, against the Yankees. Aaron Boone showing inspirational moments from the Red Sox beating the Yankees in 2004. What? what are we doing? That's the motivation? <laughs> to, to have Pedro Martinez and David Ortiz on FaceTime? Are you out of your freaking mind? I was going to go That right there, Brian Cashman, who was involved in that 2004 season, should be Booney, you don't really get it. Thanks for 2003. Kick rocks. You're done. You're absolutely done. Mind you, we didn't win the World Series in 2003. We all forget that because our World Series was beating the – the Red Sox. We lost to a, a good Marlins team. I'll be honest. We're superstars up and down that lineup. And then they eventually went off to better teams because Miami's not paying anybody. Joe Girardi, manager of the year. Anywho. Dennis, I was. I'm, I was, I'm just glad the season's over, Matt. Yeah. No, I was going to get to the, and I'm going to leave that, uh, um, put that, put that to the side for now. You said about Ortiz and, and the Red Sox season for tone down? Like, I, I don't understand. I don't know if you're too busy at work to see what I posted with the Jeffrey Dahmer, uh, the new Netflix series that's out. With uh, I did see it. You're going to watch until it's – yeah, I did see that. Yeah. Um, anywho, Dennis, I mean, I mean, talking to you right now, finally having this opportunity, which seems like a lifetime since two nights ago, I, I'm, I have a big smirk on my face. And it's a, it's a cynical smirk. 
you know me. I'm a diehard Yankees fan. We have our buddy Ellis and, and our friends that like to like say I'm not a Yankees fan or not a true Yankees fan because I like to criticize them. I love to criticize them. Now, I'm not a true Yankee fan either because I don't watch them because I know yeah. what the end result will be. Dennis, and, and it's kind of funny because Sunday night, I did watch them when I got home from Jacksonville. I did watch the game because I was like, you know, what, what else do I have going on? And sometimes, Dennis, whether my team's in it or not, it is unique to watch a team that is home that night, that is down an insurmountable lead. Because you know what, Dennis? Credit to Yankee Stadium. Credit to their fans. Down 3-0, 0-0 game. The place was nuts. You would have thought that the Yankees were up 3 now, or 3 three to nothing. Like the stadium was loud and every at bat, every ball that Houston threw, like if they walked a bat, like it was loud and the Yankees took a lead. The place was loud. Every Houston Astros strikeout, you would have thought it was the last of the game. The stadium was loud. And I was like, all right, you know what? Do I think if the Yankees can win game four, we're going to beat the Astros come back? Absolutely not. But it would be cool to just have something to watch Monday night. Maybe have something to watch Tuesday night. And they were getting loud. But, Dennis, it's it's what you said. Fool me once. And I, I'm going to say on this podcast, in our group chat, that I have not been fooled. And I've said this. Did I have faith? Sure. But we knew they weren't going to beat the Astros. But I had hoped they would show up more. And, Dennis, there is not a series in Major League Playoff Baseball that the Yankees have played in the last five or so years that encapsulates what is wrong with this organization more than this one did the astros own us the astros when they beat us all right the the cheating year they had a really good team and we could cheat we could throw that out the window then the cheating is done supposedly we have a more even team we take their ace away from them the yankees spend all this money solely not to just be good but so they can beat the astros when they run into them in this situation they got garrett cole so he can pitch in these situations against houston the guardians the boston red sox the twins whoever else and it's still not enough houston lost a big chunk of what made them good of what made their organization great to begin with and they could still sweep the yankees the yankees cannot figure it out and there's one major reason. I mean, Aaron Boone should be gone. The other reason is Brian Cashman. Brian Cashman was great, has been great for this organization, has been one of the best general managers in baseball, took the Yankees back to prominence when you and I were both young little lads. And I, I applaud him for that. I am thankful for that. But Dennis, those days, those years are long, long gone. And it's time for fresh blood. I heard, I think it was Tiki and Tierney this morning. Tiki and Tierney, excuse me, when I was um, when I was driving around going to my physical therapy appointment this morning. And, and they made a great point. They said when the New York Giants seemed to hit rock bottom, and we'll talk about the Giants obviously in a little bit. Every time we thought it was rock bottom, the next year said rock bottom was even farther down than we thought it was. And it took the Giants to crawl to the essential inner pits of hell to realize that this buddy-buddy inside the, the organization, inside the family, wasn't working anymore. You had to leave the organization to bring fresh talent, to bring a new perspective, to bring someone that wasn't raised through the ownership's family. And they did that. And we're seven games in and we're seeing the results already. We'll talk more about that. That's what needs to happen with the Yankees. Do I think it's going to happen, Dennis? Absolutely not. 
because the Yankees are comfortable. And again, Tiki and Tierney, uh, shout out to them this morning on this morning's show. They said what is absolutely true. The Yankees are one of, if not the best sports organization in the country, not in terms of the product on the field, but in terms of the way they run their organization like a business. They said the only organization that does it better, you could argue, would be the Dallas Cowboys. They threw the Golden State Warriors in there too. Butts are in the seats, whether the Yankees are in the playoffs, whether they are not. They're making the money off of the food, the beer, the judge jerseys, the the logo in the U.S. and around the world, and that is never going to change. So I don't want to say that the Yankees organization has been going to bed the last few nights and sleeping easy. I don't believe that. But they are comfortable with guys like Brian Cashman and head coach Aaron Boone because they are yes men. They will do what the office, what the ownership, what the family, the Steinbrenner family wants them to do. And they, they will not say no. That's why they love Boone. That's why they love Cashman. That's why we are in this predicament to begin with. Matt, perfect example. I mean, totally right. And you throw, lump those teams together. I think like you talk about a franchise like the Lakers who are on that level but certainly seem to have been moving downward for an organizational standpoint. They're billion-dollar organizations, companies, call what you want, and they behave like that. But it, it's true to what you said. With Aaron Boone, they fired Joe Girardi. Girardi did nothing wrong. The Yankees were in the exact same position they were in then than they are now. Can't really get over the hump. But the, the talent might be there. They brought in Aaron Boone. Why? Because he's, he's younger. He's going to relate to the guys. Things like Gary Sanchez wasn't – he didn't see eye to eye with Joe Girardi. Well, Gary Sanchez is a piece of crap. He couldn't hit, couldn't run, didn't hustle, didn't do anything. And now he's no longer on the team. So that's just one small example. And it's like you said, we watched Aaron Boone come in, the excitement of it. What was – where's his pedigree? He's, he's a Yankee legend because of one hit in one game – 20 years ago, he had no prior coaching experience, wasn't in baseball. He was working at ESPN as an analyst. He wasn't in the game of baseball. And we watched as Yankee fans, he come in and Alex Cora come in at the same time. Now talk about Alex Cora, however you want, involved with Houston, cheater, this guy operates in a different way. But he took a much less on paper talented baseball team to a World Series championship against what is being regarded as the best team in baseball the last couple of years in the Dodgers, even though they only have one World Series to show for it. Proof's in the pudding here. Is Aaron Boone a great manager? Could anyone step in and do with what the talent the Yankees have, do what he's done, give you 90-plus wins a year, but we don't have a playoff baseball team. The pitching is okay. The hitting, structurally, it doesn't work. You can't just flood the lineup with now. Yes. Did it kill us not having guys like DJ and Ben attendee atop the beginning of the lineup? Yeah. That's why it was a great thing to finally see Harrison Bader get moved up, reward a guy for how he has been playing, not just hitting, but defensively hustling on the base path. He's a contact guy. He can get on base. It wasn't enough to change it because behind him, we watched a guy like Aaron judge and yes, he had an incredible season, but I am sorry. We will remember Aaron Judge for barely batting 200 and striking out more times than he reached base. That's unacceptable. Giancarlo Stanton, who, yes, had two very big home runs in this postseason. Those are really the only two hits that come to mind. He wasn't on base the rest of the postseason. That so is, what are we talking about? 
Dennis, you know, it's funny not to interrupt you. And there are people that are dialed in. We've admitted this. There's people that are dialed into the Yankees all year round more than we are from, from the first inning of opening day to the, the, the last at bat we have before we get eliminated from the playoffs. And I didn't have any strong feelings about this. I'll admit this. But when we started making all those trades and we were going downhill and we got our Ben attendees and we got our Matt Carpenters and from free agency or trading, whatever the case may be, there was one trade where Yankees fans were like, what the hell is this? Why did we do this? Why did we get a player from St. Louis that we can't even use for months? And he was the one player that hit for us. Harrison Bader was the only player that could hit. Well, that's that was the I'm argument that I made. I'm not trying to take away Aaron Judge's accomplishments. They're incredible. They're always going to be there. Dennis, you and I are going to have a conversation in the future. I don't think it's going to happen today. I don't think we have the time about if he's going to be a Yankee or go to San Francisco Giants or where else. But you, what, what did I say when me, Ellis, you, we were all pumped up that we had this opportunity at revenge against the Astros. And I said, there's going to be one thing. I didn't just say this. This isn't unique to Matt Scarano. Everyone was saying this. You have Aaron Judge, a player that has improved his strikeout home run ratio has a record on the books now and is going to the playoffs with a golden opportunity to cement himself as a New York Yankee legend, get it done, beat the Astros, the the one team in baseball that's been preventing you from getting back to the World Series, and what do you do? Absolutely nothing. Take the record, Judge. You're always going to have it. It's amazing. I'm not talking down on it by any mean. But it's – but Yankees fans, at least Yankees fans have been paying attention – we don't give a crap anymore. We don't give a crap anymore. And if that is how, Dennis, if you and I wake up early tomorrow morning, which it's not going to happen tomorrow morning, more than likely, this will be a long off season for the Yankees. But if Judge ends up in San Francisco, sure, he'll have the record, but this will be his legacy. This will be his legacy. He will not go down when you and I on our deathbed and you and I are old and watching the next generation, following generations of Yankees, Yankees players, we will not care about Aaron Judge if he goes to San Francisco and this is how it ends. We will not care, nor should the biggest Yankees fans care. That is tough to say, and, and that, that hurts to say, but that is the reality. In, in Yankees baseball, we're not talking about the Cleveland Guardians here or, or the Minnesota Twins or the Tampa Bay Rays. We're talking about New York Yankee baseball, where if you cannot hit in the postseason, you're – in the grand scheme of things, when it's said and done, you will not be remembered as a Yankee legend. And that, the way I see it, is the reality of the situation. We needed him. His team needed him. Credit to his teammates after the elimination, guys like Anthony Rizzo saying Yankees should put or sign the, the paycheck now and put the C on his shirt and bring him back. I, I credit those guys because – and I don't doubt that he's captain material and a leader – in that clubhouse, in that locker room. But as far as Yankee legendary status goes, we are, we, we can't get past the Astros and our leader quote unquote is, has not gotten it done. And I, that's. I a hundred percent agree with you. And I, I do think again, we will talk about it. It'll be a long off season, but yes, pay him, put the C on his shirt. I think he is a clubhouse guy. And it's unfortunate because this, this same narrative was all over Alex Rodriguez when he was here. A-Rod came in and won an MVP right away, but he could not hit in October. And he was constantly compared to Derek Jeter, could not get it done. Matt, I went to an opening day where A-Rod was in foul ground trying to make a catch, dropped it, and was booed 
instantly because Yankee fans. Now he was going through different circumstances with the steroids and PEDs and everything that was surrounding him at this point. But it's the same situation where a star comes in, is doing it in the regular season, but we get to October and he's not performing. Here in New York, there's one thing we care about. It's playoff baseball. And A-Rod knows that now. He talks about this. But A-Rod was obviously signed a long-term deal. And in 09, erased everything that was talked about him prior because he won us that World Series and everybody knows that. Now, there were key guys like Hideki. There were key guys that came in and stepped up in that postseason. But it was Alex Rodriguez. It was his play throughout the postseason and in the World Series and why the Yankees won in 2009. But this is the other thing, too. And I mean, I don't know how much I can kind of stop it here because we'll talk, you know, more and more. Why I want Cashman gone is because I want the Yankees to blow it up and rebuild because this it doesn't work either that or you are just put the pedal down and open up the piggy bank. Because as Yankee fans, we don't care. People said it in 09. Oh, you bought you World Series. That was the first year of CC, first year of Teixeira. Who gives a crap? We don't care. We're world champions. Nobody cares. So you have one of two things to do here. You either lean in on we are the billion-dollar franchise, we are the Yankees, we are better, we will pay whatever it costs to get guys to come in here. But not just anybody. they got to be the right pieces to fit, to make a great pitching staff. I think the bullpen is on its way. The offense needs a lot of help. It needs a lot of help because one through nine, it's pedestrian. And that's an understatement, obviously, as you can see. We're getting out hit by Cleveland, for God's sakes. They couldn't score at all. Two, make one part. Cleveland's got a great pitching staff. Houston's got a great pitching staff. So that's great. They shut down the Yankees, but it can't be as bad as it was where we're talking about one, two run games the entire time and we're not sniffing four or five runs. It's insane. So there's two things to do. You fire Cashman and you completely overhaul the front office and we change what Yankee baseball is. Or you just lean in onto what everybody thinks the Yankees are and pay, 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 pay. Sign the dotted line, baby. Add however many zeros you want. The Yankees can do it one of two ways. One of them is going to make us suck to all everybody. Oh, you're just paying for your players. The other one's going to suck because it's probably going to take a long time to go from zero back up. But one of two ways here. I'm very interested to see which way they lean. And to your point, I think Boone's gone. I think Boone, he's been given multiple opportunities. He has to go. This is it. But it's like you said, which Yankee team are we going to get? Right. And then if Boone doesn't go, does Cashman go? But I got a good feeling, and it's the easy choice. You bring them back, the two of them go in a room with everybody else. Okay, who can we give money to? And right. we go off and we win a couple of button, quote-unquote, World Series. Guess what? At the end of the day, nobody's going to care. I'll leave it at this. And it's, I mean, one, you made the point really quick about, um, like, just the score rounds, this, that, and the other. And, and it was just, this is, this is how you know what state we're in. Where Houston, Houston was never blown it out of the water. The 5-0 lead was the biggest lead, correct me if I'm wrong, that they had. Which, Dennis, when we were down one run, it seemed insurmountable. Yeah. I turned the game off when it was 2-0 in game three. I'm like, oh, that's it. Like, if you and I were watching the Yankees back in May and June and they were down 5 nothing, I would have been still glued to the TV because I knew we'd come back. Because I knew our bats could hit. But Yankee postseason baseball... Year after year after year is the same old the same old story. The only other thing I'll say, and this is another thing I heard on, on FAN, I've been listening to them a lot. Shout out to Sal Licata. I made amends and I call it into his show. Um, made amends? 
<laughs> he was never my favorite host, but I call him. He was actually very Did you great. Tell him that? No, I didn't. Um, but, but someone this morning was saying. Someone I always called. thought you kind of sucked, but you answered the phone when I called two a.m. Now you're phone. pretty cool. I was on hold for like forty minutes. Sure. Um, Dennis, Theo Epstein, give him every penny, and then say, "Here you go. Make with it what you will." And it's like that meme where it's like, "I've seen what you've done for others." Like, please, God, I've seen what you've done for others. Like, Theo Epstein, give him the piggy bank. It's, I, I will leave it at this. Dennis, I cynically smirked when this was over. And I am glad that you and I were not right in the sense that we made it to six games or seven games or whatever. I'm glad it ended as a sweep. If we were going to lose, I would have preferred it to be this way because it makes it that much more difficult for the Yankees as an organization to say Brian Cashman and Aaron Boone are the guys to lead this forward. And this massive offseason, someone's going to have to drive that ship in the next spring. And the Yankees are going to have to figure out very soon who that is going to be. And this just made it more obvious. The pressure from the media, from Yankees fans, from the New York market is going to be tougher than it has ever been. It was going to be tough if they lost to the Astros regardless if they lost in seven games. But a sweep where the Yankees did not show up at all, as you and I knew in the back of our minds, was an extremely likely outcome. It was exactly what we thought it would be. And it's going to make it that much tougher to ignore it. I'm ready to move on, Dennis, unless you have anything to add. No, that's it. I thought it was nice point, eloquent, succinct. Talking about a boat. Why don't we talk about a train? Yeah. Well, and I will say this. One more thing for our listeners. This is not, unfortunately, the last in the coming weeks you would hear us talk about the Yankees because as the the front office situation um, evolves or lack thereof potentially, and as we the judge saga, which unfortunately I'll have to spend time on, I'm sure we'll have our, our strong opinions on that. But anywho, deep breath. Now let's turn those frowns upside down. The New York football giants. I am wearing a Daniel Jones jersey over a flannel. Dennis, as I told my dad, who was in Jacksonville with me at the game, as we were walking out on the concourse, I turned to him and I said, the slipper still fits. (laughs) The giants are six and one. And we are going to sound like broken records the last few episodes. What is what is going on? How is this reality? I don't remember what this feels like because now, Dennis, like last week, I said the Giants were five and one. How is that? The last time that happened, I was 18. The last time the Giants were six and one, I was 17. It's 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 incredible. I was there. I'll tell you all the details about it and how incredible it was. I have props to a crap ton of of people on and off the field. The Giants are six and one defeat the Jacksonville Jaguars in a game that we both agreed was very winnable. I think we both agreed if we lost, neither of us would have been shocked because again, and and, and with every passing podcast episode, Dennis, it is more difficult to to ignore the Giants as being favorites or or why they are underdogs in certain cases. And it's 
it's it's a very weird situation because in in no means am i like i said the last few shows am i frolicking around like the giants are good and your team is bad but somehow this this miracle of a season keeps going and before i get too into it i will say this dennis october is not over yet the giants are getting to the point where you said last week this is the part of the season we wanted to get to to see what this team would be made of see if there was indeed progress under this new regime these were the games that if we were going to get a handful of wins this year improve our win total from previous years it was going to be the next coming month dennis if the giants win only four more games between now and the end of the year which will be a week into january the giants will have 10 wins and i did not come up with that in my head myself i heard that somewhere and that brought it all like that was what really kind of stopped me in my tracks you heard it somewhat you couldn't do the simple math of a six and one team winning four more games why would i think about that why why would i think about that because i every win is nuts from a fan of a team that's used to three and four wins i'm not looking forward i'm not looking at the playoffs i've said that I'm not looking at the other team's records in our division or who we have coming down the pike. When your team is that bad, you're looking game after game. What time do they play? What way can I figure out how they can win this, especially when they're down? And no mean, by no means am I looking at how many games are left, how many of those I think we can win at this point. But someone brought it up on whatever, I think it was the fan or, or ESPN or whatever those ESPN morning shows are. And that really kind of stopped me in my tracks but Dennis your your thoughts yeah uh it's I'm not gonna look ahead even though I am because Matt we're in second place we are in second place in our division that alone is bonkers uh Dennis we have the second best record in the NFL (laughs) that's what I mean where you just do the math 10 wins yeah I'm pretty sure we're a playoff team in the NFC this year at 10 wins we're, we're, we're a wild card team. I, again, I don't want to look ahead, but I think the Dallas loss will screw us. Imagine that. Imagine when we played the Cowboys and we came, we did a podcast, we talked, we should have won that game. It was right there for the taking, but the Giants, all right, it's just, we're, we're not there yet. It's one of those games that you can't find a way to win. We're, Daniel Jones, he's doing everything he can, but there's no protection. The receivers are abysmal. It is what it is. But now there were six and one, and our one loss was to the Cowboys, who was a game behind us, and they didn't have Dak, and now they have Dak back, and he didn't look all that impressive on Sunday. No. The defense looked very good, but again, they're, they're playing the Lions. But the Lions have gotten themselves in a fair bit of shootouts this season, so I'll give them credit. I thought the game would be a shootout. It wasn't. Dallas's defense was very good, but the Lions sucked, to be honest. So now it's like, oh, man, that, that game is a killer. Because honestly, with Dak getting a few more reps under his belt, we're probably not going to win in Dallas, even though we might. Because now I ha- you have that optimism, that confidence. Like, why the hell not? Why can't we win in Dallas? Why can't we go split with Philly? Why can't we completely pummel Washington for two games? And all of a sudden, we're 4-2 and two in the division this year. That, to me, is obscene to even think about. But it's entirely realistic. And I will say this, because, again, I, like I said, I didn't want to get ahead of myself. We're 6-1. and one, We're in second place. Matt, a year ago, and you can make this case for a lot of games this year uh, for the Giants, but we don't win that football game a year ago. We find a way to lose. 
the Jags on that last drive, they do get a touchdown. It was looking pretty scary there for quite a bit. Almost every time Lawrence dropped back, I was just waiting. Where's the missed assignment? It didn't happen. It didn't happen. There was no missed assignment. The gang tackle at the end zone. Is that a bad choice by Lawrence throwing to Kirk where he was? Well, I'll tell you what, the momentum alone almost carried him into the end zone. But again, the Giants standing their ground. Three guys there, all helping each other. Again, we talked about it a week or two ago, where the gang tackles. It's not just one guy in open space having to make a play. There's always help. Always. There's a hunger that wasn't there before. Exactly. And I'll tell you what, man, I talked about him last week. We've been waiting for him to kind of come up. Kayvon, motherfucking Thibodeau, first round pick out of Eugene, Oregon Duck. Did you see the play where he's flying down the sideline from the other end of the field to make that tackle that probably saves a touchdown? He's a defensive end, folks. A defensive end. He's not a linebacker. He's that athletic. He looks completely healthy. He looks like he is a future leader on this Giants defense for the next 10, 12 years. As long as he's healthy. This Giants team finds a way to lose that game in years past. Now, I know, like I said, you can make the case for it against Green Bay, against Baltimore, everything else. Even the Dallas game, they kind of found ways to lose. They just didn't make the play. This is a Jags team that's up and coming. They have good coaching, but they are young. They're making some mistakes. They're a few pieces away on both sides of the football to really be knocking on the door for that division. They're in the right division. It's kind of a division taking topsy-turvy. Look at Matt. The Colts are supposed to run away with the Matt Ryan. They're not. Matt Ryan's outdone for the rest of the year. The Texans, not a very good football team, but they're young, trying to build pieces. The Titans, no one's really scared of the Titans anymore. Ryan Tannehill, he is not an NFL quarterback. Don't even get me started. And he has no weapons outside of Derrick Henry. So the nice Jags. Stadium, nice new stadium. That uh, that release of the picture uh, from their new stadium that they're going to oh. get. Can I see? Uh, Titans, yeah. Oh, I did not know. Are they putting it where Nissan is? I don't know where it's going, but they're getting a new uh, indoor stadium, which the Giants, every time there's a new stadium drawing, it makes me mad because MetLife, yeah. like just before the precipice of this new sports stadium renaissance. Anywho, besides the point. Well, I hope that it's right there because having the stadium right at the end of Broadway is pretty spectacular, Make just making that area of Nashville yeah. much more awesome. But yeah, back to the Giants. Daniel Jones, man, I texted this after the game. He's our future quarterback, and I don't think there's anything we can say to do. Like, it just the heart, the heart, man, that he plays with. The, the option read. Why was that not a thing that we have seen in the past? That's making him and Barkley look that much better running an RPO-style offense. And Daniel Jones can clearly do it. Yeah, and you know why? Because there's nobody to throw the football to. Right. And that's what, again, this is a completely different topic, and we want to focus on the Giants. Dan Orlowski. I was going to say, I knew you were going there. Rocks, are you kidding me with this blasphemy on ESPN? And you know what? Hats off to a Jets fan and Mike Greenberg for doing his darndest to tell him to shut the hell up. Are you out of your mind? Him and Rex Ryan. Giants are winning in despite of Daniel Jones? I don't think so. I I, don't think so. Sorry, Dennis. I'm not going to take quarterback advice from Dan Orlovsky. Sorry. He might be smart. He's intelligent. I think he knows his stuff for the most part. But I'm going to take quarterback advice seriously from Dan Orlovsky. He's now done. I've always liked him. He's had high energy. Likes it. Is pretty good on TV. I enjoy listening to him call college football games. You're on my Dunzo list, Dan. I'm sorry. Game game over for you. Game over. Uh, 
look, I just, it's week after week. I'm just so impressed. I'm so happy. I'm, I'm happy. I'm excited to watch the Giants. Matt, I played golf on Sunday and we didn't make it back in time, like for the one o'clock games, like to start right away. I couldn't find a way to watch the game. And I was like torn up that I had to like watch it through red zone and then go back and like watch some highlights on YouTube or whatever after the fact or yesterday. That hasn't happened in a long time where I'm like, nah, I don't get the Giants today. No big deal. Maybe they'll win. Maybe they'll lose. We won't see much of them. But it just, I'm excited every single weekend to watch Giants play football. Let, let me, and I mean, again, we're going we're gonna to beat this horse dead, but thankfully dead. a lot of our, our listeners, the ones that listen. Cut its head off and put it in Dan Orlovsky's bed. So I would love to do that. Um, a lot of our listeners that listen week in week out are Giants fans. And shout out to the new newly acquired downtown Orlando fans that are listening that have burned to a few of them out in the town. They say, hey. Clap it up, Clap it up for the Orlando. Orlando Knights? What do you guys call yourselves? And they'll. Uh, Orlando's? What? What are you talking about? What do you call people from Orlando? Orlando, Orlando, Orlandoians? I don't know. Orlandoians? I don't know. I made that up. Um, Orlandoites? But no, like uh, one, of, one of my buddies, shout out to Parker, one of my buddies, uh, he was listening to the last show and he, uh, we were having a beer together and and he like says something and I'm like, that sounds familiar. Like, where did you like something about sports? And I'm like, that sounds familiar. Where'd you get that from? And he's like, you literally said that on your podcast. And I was like, that's where I thought that came from. And I was like, oh, thank you for listening. So shout out to him for listening. But anywho, Dennis, um, it, it's just, it's, it's insane. It, it just truly is. And there's no other way. And, and I think one of the best parts about the Giants being good, and we don't know where the season's going to go. This season can just get even better. It could crash this coming week. I don't know. But we're 6-1, and one, and the best part about it is that when the game ends, the game's not really over. This is going to sound cliche, but the game's not really over. We get to hear about that game the whole week, as opposed to when we have three wins, and I don't want to hear about it ever again. I don't want to listen to FAN Sunday night when I'm going to sleep. I don't want to watch YouTube clips of ESPN on my lunch break on Monday and Tuesday. I just want to forget it ever happened and get on with my week. Now I get new material from all the radio stations, from all the TV channels of them talking about my favorite sports team throughout the course of the week. And then by the time it finally slows down, Dennis, we're an hour, a couple hours away from the next game. And like they're they're talking, they're they're taking the time to talk about the Giants. Dennis, there are a lot better teams in the NFL right now than the New York Giants, the Buffalo Bills, the Kansas City Chiefs, the Philadelphia Eagles. But they're all putting them to the side and they're talking about the New York Giants, not because the Giants have this record, because no one saw this coming. No one, not you, not I, not the biggest Giants fan. I don't think the Giants themselves saw that coming as much as they want to say. You know, we believe in the locker room and we believe in the players and the coaching staff and the yada yada, this, that, and the other. They, they didn't even believe that. I'm not buying that. But it, it's just, it's it's remarkable. And we're going to say, I'm not booking any parades down the, the Canyon Heroes or, or down Broadway, whatever, whatever it is in Manhattan. I'm not, not doing any of that. But damn, does this feel good. And And I can't stop thinking about the Christmas episode with you, me, my dad, and my brother, and being able to, I'm going to talk about Jackson before we wrap up, being able to be at that game with them. And it was another game similar to Green Bay, similar to Baltimore, similar to Tennessee, where we were 
down the whole time. We didn't necessarily think we were out, but we were down. And there did come a point where me and my brother and Lauren all kind of looked at each other like, this was fun, this was a good time, but it looks like we're taking the yell in Jacksonville. It's going to be a long drive back to Orlando. There was a time where we were saying that, a good chunk of that game. And to have the Giants win, I was really thinking about what my brother said on that show, where he said, you know what? Dennis, you're bummed out. Dad, you're bummed out. Matthew, you're bummed out that the Giants suck right now. But you guys have all been there. You've seen the best of what it means to be a Giants fan. You've seen them win not one, but two Super Bowls in your lifetime, one of which I got to be at. And he said, all I know is pain. And he lives in a place where their football team's kicking ass. But to be there, and definitely me and Dominic had a few drinks. We were just having the time of our lives. And I turned over to him as we're going through the concourse, and it's just filled with Giants fans. And I said to him, like, like this isn't the Super Bowl. We beat the Jacksonville Jaguars. Let's keep our, our emotions in check. It's not like we beat uh, the 18-0 and New England Patriots. We beat the Jaguars. But I was like, is this, was this what you wanted? Was this worth the wait? Like this, I was like, Dominic, this is up there with some of the best moments I've had as a Giants fan. To be in a state far from home, to have my family there, and to have Dennis, I don't think I needed two hands to count how many Jacksonville fans I saw there. It was just Giants fans. And you would see Jacksonville fans walking around in the concourse would like essentially jaws dropped, not because of the result of the game or how the game was going, but how many Giants fans there were. Like they couldn't believe it. And and you saw Giants fans doing the same thing. They couldn't believe how many Giants fans were there. And not only was the excitement that you saw Giants fans there. I've been to plenty of games where the Giants are absolutely terrible and the Giants are overrunning the stadium like in Miami and Tampa. But this was not only how many Giants fans are there, but the collective, we are back. Like, look at this celebration. Like, this is what we've been waiting for. And there's a video of John Mara in one of the, the, the luxury boxes just with the window wide open, like giving high fives to Giants fans right outside the window. If you haven't seen that, I'll show it to you. Well, I mean, Shane uh, and Dable down in the parking lot doing it with fans. And Dable's yeah. got a stogie in his mouth while he's doing it. <laughs> So we go out, we go out and we see Richie. It felt like a playoff game. <laughs> so we walk out, we're leaving the stadium, you see a bunch of Giants fans, and then you see buses. So you kind of put it together that this is where the players are going to come out. You see Richie James with his family. And then like my dad disappears. And then I see my dad, and right next to my dad, Carl Banks. And I go over and again had a few drinks in my system. Apologize to Carl. I definitely like got like right up in his face. I was like, Mr. Banks, Mr. Banks, can I get a picture? And he's like smoking a stogie, like just chilling. Eventually got a picture. He was very classy about it. But then Joe Shane and everyone's yelling at him, Joe Shane, no, Joe Shane. He eventually just kind of cuts through a few cars to get to the, the railing where the fans are, shakes hands with them. You see John Mara. And, and, it, and it's just like, it's a relief. Like, Dennis, we're not going to win the Super Bowl. Nothing like that. We may, it would take a, a decent failure to miss the playoffs at this point, but we did not have that on our radar at all. No. Uh, so even Matt, if, we had six wins as an improving season. But it's my, my the point. The six win mark would have been, all right, we're seeing signs. We're, my point being. Are, we, we can believe in this. My point being is that like walking out of there, 
it was just like, you know, for every crappy game, for every game we've had the lead and failed, for every game we were in and, and dropped dead in the third quarter, for every, like, brutal moment, it's moments like that that just, like, made it worth it. Like, like the wait is worth it to see my brother really being able to, to finally see, like, wear the Giants jersey and, and get a win and just be able to celebrate and chant, go Giants, like, that – that's that's what it was about. That's well, and and I want to say this that this is my final point, and then we can wrap it up. We've had this argument, and I'm sure maybe we'll talk about it. It's a great offseason topic. The argument of why we go so hard for the Giants and what's happening right now, and yet we are so down on the Yankees. We've talked about it in the group chat, we've talked about it endlessly on this podcast. But if this weekend didn't encapsulate what we are trying to say is why we are so in on the Giants and so down on the Yankees a Yankee team that we don't really know down. We know maybe missing the playoffs a couple of years ago, but not really anything like what we've seen with the Giants. What we've seen is year after year, the Yankees projected to win the division, projected to possibly be one of the top two or three World Series favorites, if not the World Series favorite, and see it year in and year out and get to October and be absolutely disappointed, gut-wrenching losses. It's the same story. And now we're to the point where we're just bitter about it and angry because it's the same old story with the giants top five pick top five pick. Look at the numbers. We're down that we're worse than teams like Jacksonville and Cleveland. When it comes to win totals, it's the giants and the jets. You and I had that huge argument of beginning of this year, last year at one point where the giants are the jets are the same team. It hats off to them too. Jets the way they're playing football right now, four yeah. and two, nothing to, you know, but this, this what a come up, what a come up for New York football from. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> That's what, that's, that's what I mean. At least that's the thing. The Ets fans, the Mets, Jets, Nets. At least Mets fans, you got the Jets. They're kind of in the same position as Yankee Giant fans. Same type of thing. But back to what I'm – what were you seeing this Giant team do where we thought, ah, oh, six wins, maybe we get to seven. It'll be really impressive because we haven't seen six wins in, what, three, four years? And it's the, that thing, that same old adage where you've talked about it year after year. You want to see Giants wins. Okay, yeah, of course everybody wants to win every game. The Chase Young sweepstakes we are in. The tank for Tua, all, all of that, that we were kind of involved in as one of the terrible teams in the NFL. And I, of course, was, and I still stand by it, the wins don't mean anything. They do. But in the grand scheme, they might not, and we should play for a better draft pick to be getting this team better. But this team, what they're doing this year, to get to six, but yeah, we're not going to win the Super Bowl. We know that. We know we don't really even have a shot to get to the Super Bowl. Hell, we might still miss the playoffs. But, Matt, I don't know about you, but I have been in it, bending over, standing up, pumping fists for every single game outside of the Dallas game because the Dallas game kind of just – it was pretty quick for the loss. Every game is huge, and you feel that. that it felt like a playoff game again, and it felt cool because to see all the Giants fans, to see your pictures, everybody was there. We're watching guys like Shane and Dable who came from an organization like Buffalo who helped build that organization up to what it is now as one of the best teams in football, if not the best team. And they're what, and they watched how, how much their fans appreciated that and why they're some of the best, craziest, rambunctious fans that the NFL has. Giants fans can be just like that and have been like that. And they are in Jacksonville where there shouldn't be any Giants fans. It should have just been a win back on the bus, back up to New York, get ready for week eight. But instead, there's Giant fans there at the guard lines like, we're going to the 
playoffs or you, we won it to the division. And that celebratory atmosphere, the fist bumps, the high fives, they saw it in one organization. They're seeing it here. And if that doesn't fire them up to be even better. The best way I can describe what I saw in that parking lot while the the buses were loading, I really got to get out of here soon. But the the best way I can describe it was, and I mean, don't get me wrong, Dable and Shane, they're getting paid. They're getting their money. So they are going to be a lot better off than you or I will ever be. But it was the fans. It wasn't just like, oh, there's Joe Shane. I got to get his uh, his picture or an autograph. It was fans essentially saying, like, old and young, saying thank you. Like, literally, thank you for bringing a... It's like the meme. It's like, thank you. I'm just a general manager. Like, you say <laughs> it, it was like that. But it was fans, like, literally reaching their hands out. I I tried. Shane did not shake my hand. But there, I, I tried my best. But it was fans just saying, thank you. Like, we don't ask for much. This is this is what we've been waiting for. Thank you for bringing it back. And, and, and really quick before we wrap up, because I didn't talk about the game at all. We didn't talk about the opponents. So maybe we could have time for a new, another episode later in the week, but. I talked about Jacksonville a little bit. Jones, the emotion, um, the emotion that he has shown. I think he knows how important this year, not only for the Giants, but for him. And he's showing emotion to the point where Dave has to calm him down. He's yelling at his receivers, Marcus Johnson, who I hope would have, would have had a better game. And then he apologized later on. He's on the sidelines on his QB sneak, uh, uh, shaking hands with his teammates, telling him, telling him good job. He's taking on that leader role. And Dennis, I agree with you. Is he the, the, the sexy quarterback? By no means. But I, I think the Giants got to throw that three-year 85 to 100 mil, whatever it is, at him because he's our guy. Kayvon Thibodeau. Uh, just in, incredible. Uh, Daniel Bellinger, hate to see that. Hopefully, he's yeah. back. Evan Neal, hate to see that. The, the injury bugs, despite all the celebration we're currently having, the injury bugs continue to be an issue. The Giants are the second most injured team in the NFL with the second best record in the NFL, whereas the Eagles, with the first record in the NFL, have the healthiest team in the NFL, which is insane. Um, but just Again, I, I will leave it at this. Hopefully, maybe if we have time later in the week, we can talk more about the Seattle game. But um, just seeing the Giants fans, just it, it was loud, Dennis. I've been to MetLife Stadium many times, as you know. Being there, it was loud. That last drive, seeing the entire bench, players, coaching staff, everyone, waving towels, standing on the benches, getting people like going. It was, it was something I will never forget. Like truly will never forget. It, it was like even the defensive line just throwing their hands up in the air and then talking to people when I got back to the Orlando area saying, you guys sounded real good on TV. It, it was something else. The Giants are six and one. I'll leave the floor to you and then I got to get out of here. No, it's uh, Matt. We have meaningful football. For the rest, it's like you said, we are not in November yet, and we will have meaningful football every week that is left in this regular season. All we want. And that's All incredible. We All we want. We're not, we're not talking meaningful football and we're three and four, where it's like, all right, we're, we're a much better team. We already have three wins. I'm like, no, we're six and freaking one, and we're going to have meaningful football. And, God, I'll tell you, man, and I know no one will get as hyped as you, but I can't wait to play Philadelphia. I can't wait to play Philly. That's I 
Dennis, if you don't think I've had that circled on the calendar. And and also, we're going to have two holiday games. Yeah, we're playing Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving. And it's not it's not the, like, you know, you're still hungover from the night before drinking with all the family you haven't seen in a while, 12 o'clock Detroit game. It's like the 4.30 dinner's about to be put on the table. You're already a few beers deep game. And then also, Christmas Eve, playing against the only other NFC, I think the third NFC team behind us in the Minnesota Vikings. Um, so, I mean, there might be Giants football on holidays where the holiday doesn't even cross my mind, and I'm just, like, dialed in ready for football. And bonus. The last time that's happened. We get primetime Kirk Cousins. Everybody knows he can't play in primetime. So, chuck a W up on the big board. Jesus likes that. Easy. That was a Kirk Cousins reference. Jesus likes that? Okay. You like that? That's all I got for you, Matt. On the eve of his birthday. Well, on that note, on the note of Jesus and Kirk Cousins and the Giants and Daniel Jones. Dennis, what a show. Uh, It was quick, but I think we got a lot covered. Yankees, obviously, like I said, there's going to be – it's going to be a long offseason for them. We're going to talk about Cashman. We're going to talk about Boone. We're going to talk about Aaron Judge and this, that, and the other. That'll that'll all come to come to the conversation at some point. The Giants are six and one. If you told me, Dennis, the way the Yankees and Mets season was going, that's what I told Salicata last night. If you told me the way the Yankees and Mets season was going more than halfway through the summer, that midway through October, the talk in New York would be the Jets and Giants. I don't know if I would have believed you, but here we are. Um, but yeah, we're on Twitter, Matt Dennis pod. So uh, listen to us there. Thanks so much to our group chat for listening. Welcome Mike Osa to the group chat. Yeah. Uh, uh, he's, he's been a, a good, good addition in the few days he's been in there. Give me Dalvin cook, Mike. That is all. And thank you everyone uh, in Orlando. I know we gained some listeners here in the last week or two. So thanks to them as well. Dennis, any last thoughts? No, I have nothing else to say except Yanks suck. Giants. Good. Pretty simple. Yep. I agree with that. Again, Matt Dennis Pot on Twitter. Um, we'll talk to you guys maybe an episode later in the week. We'll see. We haven't talked about that. I'm just dropping that right now. Maybe. Could be, could be the worst thing. But damn, I want to get back to MetLife before the season's over. Um, all right. So for Dennis Vinci, my name is Matt Scrano. Giants are 6-1. and one. Thank you so much for listening. We'll talk to you again. Enjoy the rest of the week, Giants fans. Let's let's let's. It's been a long time coming that we've been in this position. So Breathe it in. It's going down smooth. All right. Again, for Dennis Vinci, I'm Matt Scrano. Thanks so much for listening. We're out of here. Dennis. Adios.